My name is Onyx. Thank you for joining me for Ponderings of a Pagan Priest. The topics in this podcast will vary as I am led. All that wander are not lost. Hello and welcome to another episode of Ponderings of a Pagan Priest. I'm Onyx, as you already know. You know, I've been thinking a lot here lately about how we in the community, in the pagan community, like to talk about or like to believe and to say that ancient religions, uh, pre-Christian religions in Europe and, and, and etc., uh, were, were goddess-oriented, and we, we, we point out the little figurines, you know, like the Venus Villendorf and, and, and those kind of figurines as proof that the divine was female at that point. Now, we have no written records of that time. All we have are the items. Imagine, if you will, and I'm going to give you a couple ideas here just to think about. Now, what I'm telling you now is not, I'm not putting this out as this is fact or whatever. This is something to think about. Thought seed here. Imagine, if you will, archaeologists in 2,000 years are digging up the long lost remains or what's left, you know, the, 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 the digs are, are, are digging up periods of time from now. Um, and they, they they come across Barbie dolls. And they automatically, there again, assume that, well, the divine must have been female because there's this huge proliferation of female dolls. Um... So, obviously, the people of the time period that they're digging into, this time period, must have worshipped a goddess. Because here are all the figurines that depict a female. Not just Barbie dolls, but in general. Um, now, the difference would be that now we have, you know, we have written documents and everything so they can find out that, no, these are just toys. But if we're looking back in history, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000, even more years ago, there were no written documents. So we don't know what these figurines were. They could have been the prehistoric version of a Barbie doll. We have no way of knowing. Here's another thought. Another tangent. Let's say, for instance, that way back in the annals of history that a religion was male-led, that the, the divine, the, the chief god was male. But there is a restriction on making icons or sculptures or representations of the supreme god. Although the lesser gods, you could. Now, that's not too far-fetched to believe because in several religions of today, the icons and images are forbidden of the divine. So let's say, you know, in the annals of prehistory, this religion was male-oriented. The prime prime deity of the pantheon was male, but there were 
religious laws saying, well, you can't make an image of him, but you can't make an image of her. So there we have the images of the goddess. Um, so we've got three different things here that can kind of explain why all these images are so prevalent. These female um, items, these female dolls, these female images are so prevalent. And we have absolutely no way of knowing which one of those are true or if none of them are true. We're making assumptions. So let's understand that just because we find a proliferation of female figures in prehistory, we cannot make the automatic assumption that that was a representation of the great goddess. It's a huge leap, and logic does not follow that way. There's no way to know that's what it is. Is it a possibility? Absolutely. But so is the possibility that this proliferation of female figures were dolls or toys. Uh, there's also a possibility that this proliferation of, uh, of, uh, of female images was of a lesser deity than the, than the, than the, the main god, the, the, the prime god of the pantheon. Um, so all those are possible. I think what we need to do as a community is try to take what we find in archaeology at face value. Uh, instead of jumping into it with both feet going, see, I told you, there's a proliferation of female figurines, so everybody worshipped a great goddess back then. We, we don't know. We don't know. I would like to believe that it's true, uh, but I have nothing to support that. Um, so another thing you might want to think about is the movement, the neo-pagan movement, or what became the neo-pagan movement, Wicca, and, and as, as it was known then, uh, came about in the 30s and 40s, 50s, thereabouts. Um, and it was based primarily, almost completely, on the works of Margaret Murray. Uh, Margaret Murray, of course, is the author of The Witch Cult of Western Europe. Um, we now know that through further research and digging into records and, and, and all this supporting uh, supporting evidence that Margaret Murray had no basis for making the claim, making the theory that there was a unified goddess-oriented uh, religion in Western Europe. Several things tell us that it's just common sense. Several common sense things tell us it's not true. Uh, we do know that in ancient times, pre-Christian times, um, Western Europe was populated by a huge number of disparate tribes, um, a lot of which did not get along very well with each other and were constantly at war uh, or at least struggling uh, con in conflict with each other. Uh, so why can we assume that all these different disparate tribes that were in conflict, well, a lot of them were in conflict with each other most of the time, would have one unified religion? It doesn't follow, and even the, the you know the, the anthropologists and the, and the and the historical sociologists and all these cultural anthropologists uh, and archaeologists have looked at Margaret Murray's work 
and are of a pretty general opinion that she was way off the mark. Um, now, we do also know that when Margaret Murray published her work, that there weren't immediate reviews by other archaeologists and everything. The reason for this was that it was such a under-the-radar kind of theory that none of the more mainstream or more hard, uh, more hard-hitting archaeologists even considered it uh, to be a viable theory to begin with. It wasn't until after that book, the, the Witch Cult of Western Europe, started gaining in popularity uh, among the laymen that the the professionals, the archaeologists, even took a look at it. And when they did, it was very, very quickly became unraveled. Does that mean that what we're doing is wrong? Oh, no, absolutely not. Um, but we should be understanding that it is not a continuation of a universal, pre-Christian, unified religion within Western Europe. It just simply is not. Um, that doesn't take away from, from the religious numinosity that we get uh, in our circles, that we get in our celebrations, our Esbeth Sabbaths, or whatever, whatever we're, we're calling them, you know, depending on what, what, what path you follow or don't follow. Uh, no, it's very, very very, very nuministic, um, but it is not ancient. Uh, what we do today is not what our ancestors did, um, unless you're talking about our most recent ancestors like Grandpappy and, and all uh, back in the 40s and 50s. So I think we need to, I think we need to look closer at what we are spouting as fact. Um, and we need to adjust that. It's perfectly fine to have a mythological history that is not based in actual fact. It's perfectly okay. But when we go out into the world, into the non-pagan areas, and we say, hey, look, what we're doing now is what they did 5,000 years ago, or 4,000, however long ago, it's the same thing. People who understand that that's not true, look at us going, are you for real? You, you really believe this? But if we reframe it as this is our mythological history, that we're trying to reconnect with something that could have been, then we're okay. Uh, because we're not spouting it as absolute fact. So it's just something to think about, you know. Um, Venus, Venus of Willendorf, um, goddess or Barbie. Think about that. Um, I'd love to hear what you have to say about it. Uh, send me an email, uh, manager at internationalpaganradio.com, or you can go to uh, the the page on Anchor uh, for the podcast, and you can send a voice message if you wish. I would I would love to hear from you. Uh, so yeah, let me know what you're thinking. And that's what I'm thinking right now. And it may change in a couple of days. But that's the beauty of it. Because, you know, that wandering mind, uh, that wandering and wondering mind um, examines what we believe, examines what 
we each individual ourselves. Like for me, I, I examine what I believe. I think about it. I, I, I try to wrap things up together and, and, and see what's actually there. Um, there is no problem having some kind of you know, you know, unverifiable personal gnosis. Uh, a lot of our religiosity, uh, not just in veganism, but throughout the other religions as well, is based in, in that. Our own um, interpretation, our own intuition, our own feeling toward that connection with the divine. So I look forward to um, hearing from you. And, um, yeah, please get the word out uh, that Ponderings of a Pagan Priest is available. And remember that we are evolving. And I challenge you to be involved as we evolve in all things. May you blessed be. you again for joining me for Ponderings of a Pagan Priest. If anything in this episode planted a thought seed or engaged you to think that I'm blessed, it doesn't matter if you think like me, but it does matter if you think. We are evolving and I challenge you to be involved as we evolve. In all things, may you blessed be.